0: Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April and as always looking for my good friend Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, winter finally decided to show up here uh, in New England. We've had uh, weeks of on and off snow. Very pretty outside but um, after a really dry December in terms of snow um, it's uh, it's behaving normally now but beyond that not a lot going on. Kind of a post-holiday, end of January lull. I guess in February. Well,
1: I mean, we we want to make things exciting for you. Uh, getting getting ready for this recording, we we've we jumped through about eighteen hoops trying to get this recording going. So hopefully that uh, added some excitement it's into your
0: life. I love technical difficulties and and sitting and watching other people try to figure them out. <laughs> Lots of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Speaking of people that could help out with technical difficulties, we wanted to talk today about how students students you know in high school for the purposes of our discussion today might be thinking about careers in technology. This is a topic that we've looked at uh, through a few different angles on the research team, and we wanted to come back to it. It's been a while since we had the discussion. We also wanted to bring in someone that is actively participating in this and, and working with these students. So we are really pleased today to welcome Brad Chamberlain, Brad is a teacher of uh, computer networks and uh, lots of things technology at Maricopa High School in Maricopa, Arizona. And Brad has also helped uh, students kick off a student-led business called 24 Pen Tech. Brad, did I get all that right? Is there anything else that you do in your job there?
2: Uh, no, you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Those are the things that we do here. And I've been teaching this class for about 12 years now over here at uh, Maricopa.
1: Yeah we're really glad to have you. Uh, I, I know that you work with some CompTIA products in your classwork and and with your students there. Uh, so we're mm-hmm. really pleased to have you as part of the community here and we're really looking forward to the discussion. So I guess to kick things off just at a really high level, uh, one of the angles that we've used on the research team before has been what are students perceptions of technology? How do they view it? How do they think about it? Obviously Almost all these students are using technology on a, on a daily, on an hourly basis. But does that translate into thinking about technology as a career? So, from your viewpoint, how do you see that spectrum playing out among your students?
2: Well, that, that personal interest in technology, that's the hook. That's what I find to get them in the classroom. Um, you know, I've been involved in this for a long time. Um, I've, probably, I've been a tech director for three different school districts. And, been involved with tech here in Arizona since the late 1990s, the first E-rates and those kinds of things. So I've been doing it for quite some time. Um, you know, I used to be a gamer, and that's what got me into tech originally, and that's the big hook for most of these kids nowadays. It's just about all of them game, and they use tech one way or another. Um, so we have a lot of that actually in the classroom. I have gaming PCs that kids have built. You know, I try to get kids in the room, in the lab to see it. And once we get them in here and we get the hooks in, now we start talking about tech and how what they already know can translate very easily into a career and try to show them the many career opportunities that they do have in technology today.
0: I'm interested in um, whether or not the classes that you teach um, are electives or if they've now been baked into requirements that students have to at least take one course in technology. I teach
2: uh, career technical education, which is an
0: elective school. Um, kids can start
2: taking it their freshman year, but um, I'm working closely with the district and trying to get a 6 through 12 cybersecurity track going. Uh, cybersecurity is obviously the big new thing in tech. I mean, it's been around a long time, but there are the jobs are really opening up in that area right now as it becomes prevalent in news and everything else. So I'm working with it, trying to become uh, a permanent class, but it is getting adap- adopted more. Uh, at the junior high level, in uh, fact, they're putting in a computer maintenance program at my feeder school that comes in, which is just going to help me as we go. Um, so right now, it's still an elective at my level.
0: Yeah, the reason I ask that is we hear that all the time. Is that like the the, the public school system hasn't really caught up with um, the the technology as a career and making it baked into part of the curriculum as you would any other of your primary subjects. Um, when you think about how kids, to Seth's point, you know, uh, deal with technology, how they handle technology, how they view it, how do you sort of like as a school navigate? Um, making kids be digitally fluent and making sure that they're able to sort of like navigate the world in terms of the kind of technology that we all have to have at least a cursory knowledge of. And then figuring out those kids that really might have an affinity for um, a deep dive in technology and and, and potential for a career there? Because we know one, they're not one in the same. I could say I'm somewhat digitally fluent, but I would hardly say that I'm built for a technology career right now with the skill set that I have. So how do you go about sort of discerning between the types of students that are there and how does the school then um, handle those different types of students? General agency versus speci- specialty?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, A lot of this started with COVID. I mean, that's when. Kids started to become really digitally fluent because so many kids were forced to go online and use the many tools that we have taken for granted. Online meetings, online meeting spaces, those kinds of things. So once we went with COVID, um, you know, a lot of those kids started to understand those digital literacy skills a little bit more. Um, I think that those are incredibly important. If you look at the students in my class now, I have both types. I have the kids that are just here you know, they want to get that basic knowledge in tech, but maybe not go the career route with it. And then I got the kids who take the deep dive. And a lot of that happened actually during COVID because I had uh, kids coming to school. I had a small core group, so I had them like doing very large projects. And we were doing things like building SIM, uh, all kinds of. Uh, building a web server, building our own Active Directory domain. We're, you know, I have kids diving into all these different aspects and different projects. Um, but I also still have the kids that you know, maybe they just want to come here and repair phones. It requires a lot of what's the word looking for? Not diversity, but a lot of diversification in the way I deliver my education. And that's where the business comes in, the twenty-four tech model. Um, you know, kids can each have different jobs in technology. I have some system administrators, I have some technicians. I have kids that are doing the marketing media aspect of what we do so it's 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 quite a different kind of class the way that I teach it, but I do try to reach all of them i 'm um, really trying to get the digital literacy and cybersecurity baked in to that six twelve. I want the sixth and seventh graders to really be getting those classes, and that 's what i'm hoping to get that uh going district-wide in the next couple of years here.
1: And just to stay with this thread for a minute, Brad, you know, I think one of our big messaging points for a while now has been that technology has blossomed into so many different types of careers, and there are a lot of different specializations out there. Uh, And so along with whatever kind of digital literacy you might need for a business role that's not tech specific, you can go into technology and it doesn't have to look like you're in the back room pulling cables all the time, right? You know, that job is still there, but there are a lot of different jobs that now appeal to a lot of different personality types and skill sets. So with all the work that you're doing, both on the focus work uh, on the general cybersecurity stuff that you're trying to build in, is part of your messaging also that uh, students can consider the strengths that they do have and that those strengths could possibly be applied to a career in technology?
2: Oh, Absolutely. I think that's that's one of the primary focuses of my class. Everyone's different. Everyone has a different skill set, um, different personality types. No matter what you learn in tech, you're going to be able to apply it somewhere in your job down the road. Um, we do the soft skills all the time. So I teach kids, you know, how to send an email, how to use a work order system, how to communicate with customers. And then all those are part of the curriculum that I use. And I emphasize hey, maybe you won't go in this field, but if you're applying for a job and Joe Schmo's applying for the same job as you are and you have this tech background and they don't, The chances are you're going to get a stronger look than anyone else because, you know, those skills are needed here. And, uh, you know, that's something we do in the class. We have competitions. We compete in most Skills USA, Cyber Patriot, other competitions where, you know, communication is required, dealing with the public is required. So, uh, you know, we try to bake all of that into the curriculum because you can't, you guys know being in tech, there's no way I'm an expert in everything and there's no way I can teach everything. Um, even like um, if I have a kid that's a coder, I don't do a lot of coding. But I try to open that opportunity up for them here. And I'll even tell them, that hey, if you get your A-plus cert or your net plus cert from CompTIA, uh, um, you know, and you decide to go to coding route, well, seeing that you got that cert is what's going to get you in the door. And then a lot of these businesses will train you uh, once they get you hired. So there's lots of ways we can go about it. And that's just what's worked for me.
0: I'm curious whether that has brought you uh, more uh, girls, more females into the fold, having that sort of like broad approach to technology doesn't mean, as Seth said, pulling cables alone in a back room all the time. There's so many other career paths that you can take, or just having this skill set will help you with a different type of career path necessarily, but it's a good background.
2: For me, unfortunately, I haven't got a lot of girls in, but I'm hopeful in the next couple of years, uh, that's going to change a little bit more. It's kind of, seen that as i'm talking to the younger kids like the middle schoolers who are about to come to high school i've seen some more girls with that light in their eyes as i'm talking to the group going back and forth i always look to see my connecting with this kid on some level and i'm starting fact, yesterday i just had a group that i talked to and i saw four or five girls in there that you know had that interest so hopefully i can get those numbers up that's
0: good that's good to see so, you know, what about when you finally have identified those those kids who have the light in the eye as you said um, and so you want to pivot beyond basic, you know, introduction technology, and and do a do a, a more advanced, more sophisticated look at maybe potentially having a career down the road. What are some of the practical steps that you advise them to do? You know, um, you know, we, we know what the practical steps that the guidance counselor's office typically tells a kid in high school. You know, look at two-year colleges, look at four-year colleges, et cetera. Um, the types of things that you're looking for: big school, small school. You know, what about a kid that? Has has some genuine promise with a tech career, what are some of the things that you recommend for their path?
2: Depends on the kid. All of them, I recommend getting their certification. Get your certification. You're going to go in this industry, it's probably more important than a four-year degree. It, It really is. Businesses, community colleges, and local businesses, I have a very good advisory board. People from Microsoft down there, Intel, they're all telling me that, look, it's certifications right now is what we're really looking for. Um, so I tell them to get that first. You know, and then again, depending on the student, I have a lot of students in universities. Uh, I work with UAT here. They're in Phoenix. It's University of Advanced Technology. And I've had several students go there. And that's kind of a very different path from your traditional university. I recommend Mesa Community College, Glendale Community College. They both have a really good Cisco program and a really good cyber program. Um, I recommend students to go there. And then I have some students going right into industry. I have a student who's 19 years old. He graduated he was 17. He got a job here with the local, the Auction Indian community, which is right down the road. They're, they're helpful to our district all the time. And within a year, he's actually the lead network administrator for their for their network within one year of graduation. So you know, there, there are so many paths that kids take and you know, I work with students. In fact, I tell them to me before they go to the counselor um, if they're doing this because uh, I'll work with them and try to get them on that path as best I can. Yeah, That's
1: great. I, you know, to hear you talk about the diversity of options that are out there, you know, I, I think it does depend on exactly what the student wants to go into and the types of opportunities that are there. But I think it's great that, like, even with that dependency, there are so many different opportunities and pathways that they can choose uh as long as they're going to do it with their eyes wide open and and they they're figuring out what's going to work best for for them it's it's so much more open than i think it was you know 10 or certainly 20 years ago uh, as as we're wrapping up here, I'm kind of wondering, you know, for, for all of these students that are trying to get into a technology career, and th- they're maybe looking at a broad spectrum of, of tech careers, like maybe some of them are saying, yeah, I want to get started right away, I want to get into IT support, maybe some of them say, I want to be a data scientist, and so that'll take, you know, more years of training to try to get up to that level. But for any of those students that would be kind of starting their journey, what are maybe some of the... You know top two or three basic skills and skill sets that uh, that you would encourage them to look into and really get grounded in
2: well for me it, it goes back to kind of my area of expertise uh, i I always you know learn the computer, learn the system, learn operating systems, learn mobile tech um, mobile tech is huge right now um, network security and cyber security and digital literacy those are all the things that you know i Really important. When I have, I do not have that coding background, but I strongly encourage kids if they're going to do that. You know, I'll get them accounts for Code Academy. In fact, I got one young lady in the class right now. She's, uh, she, we did a Kanji integration here, which is Kanji is um, actually supports all our Apple tech, all our uh, Apple technology that we have here in the district. We actually support it. The district doesn't. Um, so. She set that all up for us this year as a student, actually administers it. She needed to do some scripting with it. so She started to explore on her own and said, hey, Chamberlain, I need this um, in order for me to learn how to do bash scripting because that's not, again, my area of expertise. So I will make sure that they have access to whatever it is they need in order to get started.
0: That's great. Tell us a little bit more as we wrap up about uh Pintech 24, because um one of the big things at you obviously our membership, um, most of them are solution providers and the old and resellers and people in the MSP community. And this is what they do. And it sounds like you've created um something there in the school using students to do um that kind of a business. Um, do you talk to them at all about the possibilities of working in the IT channel as a potential career path?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um I'd say that's where a lot of them are going to start, no matter what you do. You may, you're may you going to start at a help desk. You're going to start doing support somewhere. So you need uh, you need to understand how to give good technical support and how to retain customers. So what 24-Pintech does, we're kind of two-pronged. We um, do all the CTE network here at the high school, which means we're fully responsible. We image all the machines. We put them on the network, uh, so on and so forth. We have our own domain here that we have to manage. Um, includes Windows machines, it includes Mac machines. So we have to take care of all of that here. And again, I they learn all those soft skills as a part of 24-pin tech. Uh, the other thing 24-pin tech does is we work, uh, the second part is we work on customer devices, teachers, students, anyone who wants to bring a device in, we actually have our own work order system that's on our website. So people can go there, enter a ticket, Students will get that ticket, whether it's a phone repair, whether it's a computer repair, uh, uh, gaming console, controllers, printers, we get all kinds of stuff. Um, So we'll get that in here. We bring it into the shop. We'll repair it. We do it for free, uh, except they have to order the parts. And then we'll actually go out and research and tell them, hey, you need to go here and get these parts and components. Don't get it from here because we've gotten them from there before. They're terrible. Um, so that's all part of what 24pin Tech does. We've been doing that for about eight or nine years now. We have our own website at 24pin.tech that anyone who's listening can go visit if they want. We have our own wiki located there, so our work order system is located. And actually, our work order system, our graphic design uses it, and the EBIT uses it in Phoenix. That's another school district because they saw what we were doing with it. And I'm like, sure, we'll host one for you so for them as well, and the kids manage all of them. That's a
0: good experience.
1: Yeah, very good experience. I mean, that's amazing stuff. It definitely gives them insight into what they're possibly going to get into. Uh, so really love hearing about that and loved all the information that you're sharing here, Brad. Uh, you're definitely one of the good ones. We're, we're glad that we had you on the show here. Uh, this, was, this was great. So thank you very much. Keep up the good work, and, and maybe we'll talk to you again down the road.
2: Hey. Definitely. Thank you for having me today. It was a joy to be on. I'm always willing to talk about the program and the kids. Um, you know, the kids is why I do it. You see these guys take over and, you know, become leaders and and run this whole thing. You know, I could be gone for a month and I know this would still run because I know these guys would take care of it for me. So it's it's a joy for me. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome.
1: Well, thanks again and thanks as always to our producer Andrew McMillan that helped us through all of the technical issues that we mentioned at the top. And Carolyn, I'll see you next time.
0: Sounds great.